0: Ashley Brock, reading Diana Palmer's book, True Blue, chapter 7. Luke was preoccupied through the rest of the meal. Gwen didn't talk much either. She knew he had to be unsettled about the trip to the border for a lot of reasons. He held her hand on the way to the car, his strong finger was in hers. It will be all right, she blurted out. He reached the passenger door and he paused, looking down at Woollett. You're a good maid, she said. He'd be very proud of you. He's uncertain. You think she so loved the smell of his body, the warm strength of it ear. She loved everything about it. Yes. He smiled tenderly. She made him feel tall, powerful, important. The woman had made him feel undervalued for years, mostly by thinking of him as nothing more than a friend. Quinn was different. She was a working girl from his own middle-class strata. She was pretty in her way and smart, and she knew her way around a handgun. <laughs> he thought ruefully. But she also stirred the senses in her excitingly. You're nice. He says up. She rubber. Rub it in <laughs> No, nice in a very positive way, he replied. The expression was on her I don't like sophisticated women. I like brain in a I like brains in a woman and even athletic outlooks. But I do mind women who think of themselves as party feet. You get me? He says, well, I feel the same way about men like that. <laughs> You and I, we don't belong in a modern city. We'd look very nice in a Victorian village, like Edward in the Twilight Vampire series. Of books and movies, I love those. I guess I've seen the movies ten times each and read the books on my iPad every night. I don't watch vampire movies. I like werewolves. Oh, but there are werewolves in them, too. Nice werewolves. you kidding? <laughs> She hasn't "I've got all the DVDs. I was wondering." He moved a step closer so as she was backed into the corner. "You were wondering?" "Oh yes. If you'd like to maybe watch the movies with me," she asked him. "I could make pizza, or we could order one." She was whispering now, when her voice was breaking, because his mouth had moved closer with every whispered word until it was right against her soft lips. "When?" "Hmm?" up. He whispered against her lips and he crushed down. His lips crushed down on him with warm, sensual, insistent hunger. A muffled sob broke from her throat as she lifted her arms, pressed her body as close as she could get to its tall, powerful form. He groaned too as insane. The light pulsed through. Him like fire, he moved, shifting her so that one leg was between her skirt and his mouth was suddenly invasive. Started. Detective, he heard a voice that sounded close and shocked and angry. He mm. looked at his head, still really with the voice of mouth. Mm. <laughs> Turning his head, Detective Sergeant Marquis, a deep, angry voice repeated, Sir. He jumped back, almost looted, and tried to look normal. <laughs> he looked at his jacket was covering a blatant reminder of his body's interest in Gwen's. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Lieutenant Hollister asked roughly. It's okay, sir, Gwyn faltered. He was uh, helping me get my earring unstuck from my dress. <laughs> he blinked and said, what? My earring, sir. She dangled it in her head. It caught on my dress. Detective Marquise was helping me get it loose. I guess it did look odd. The position we were in. She laughed with a remarkable acting ability. Oh, I see. Hollister cleared his throat, shoved his hands in his pockets. I'm very sorry. I look well. I mean, he cleared his throat again. I thought you didn't date colleagues. She shot at Marquise, who had been residing multiple tables. He made a remarkable quick recovery. I don't sir Marquis. We both like Flamenco and his dancer here. Hollister held up his hand and declared They no more, that's why I came alone, sadly. He had a, a little spectacular and rather sad look at when she's a great dancer, said, And that guitarist, you her husband really couldn't explain. Oh yes, they're appear all over Europe. I understand they're being considered for a bit part of the movie that's filming here next year. That would be so lovely for them going to do the as well. We better go. I got an appointment early Monday morning. i would brush up on my Spanish over the weekend. He added dryly. Because I heard about that. It will go all right. You'll see. Thanks. Your credit's to my department. Don't talk. Don't let him talk you into going to the South, Eastman, South America, okay? No, I'm not much good with rocket launchers. Me neither, this lieutenant for any good question. Well, sorry about the mistake. Have a good evening. You too, sir, Gunn said. And Rick nodded. It. Hollister nodded back and walked, distracted, to the restaurant helped went into the truck and burst out laughing. So did he. <laughs> did I ever tell you that I minor in theater in college? Yes. They said I had promised you could make movies, he said flatly. He shook his head as he started quick, thinking. Thanks, she blushed a little. Neither of them mentioned that they'd been so far gone that anything could have happened. Right there in the parking lot, the lieutenant hadn't shown up, but it was true. Also, true was the look the lieutenant had been giving them. He seemed to have more than the unusual, interesting win. He wasn't really the sort of man to put a rose on a woman's desk unless he meant it. Rick was thinking that he had some major competition there. He didn't watch you step. Hollister's tone had been one of outrage to so much as jealous anger. Rick left Gwen at her door. He was more cautious this time. But he did pull her close and kiss her goodnight with barely restrained passion. She held him, kissing him back, rubbing the warm soft press of his mouth on hers. I'm out of practice, he murmured as he stepped back. Me too, she said breathless, her eyes full of stars as they met his in the light from the security lamps. I guess we could practice with each other, he murmured around. She blushed and laughed after I'd like that. Yes, so would I. He bent again, brushing his mouth lightly over hers, forcing himself not to go in heaven coming along in the morning? She nodded. I have to. Said, Good. I could use the moral support. He smiled like, thanks. <laughs> Will i see you at the office one day. Yes? He turned and took a step. He stopped. He turned. She was still standing there, her expression confused, waiting still. He walked back to her own locked the door. He said quietly. She followed the key into the lock and opened it. Closed it behind him, his arms enveloping her in the dark hallway, illuminated by a single small lamp in the living room. His mouth searched for hers, found it, claimed it, possessed it hungrily. His arms were insistent, locking her against the length of his powerful body. She moaned, sound almost like a sob of pleasure. He feeling something very similar. Although he whispered into her lips as he bent and lifted her, still kissing her and carrying her to the long sofa, Sofa, <laughs> soft sofa. They slid down onto it together, his body covering her, one long leg insinuating itself between her skirts, between her soft eyes. His lean hands went to the back of the dress, finding the hook and the zipper. She didn't even have the presence of mind to protest. She was drowning in pleasure. She never felt anything remotely similar to the sensations of. That were washing over her like ripples, and unbelievable delights she slid the dress off her arms, along with the tiny straps of black slip she wore under it, exposing a small black lace bra that revealed more than it covered. Her pretty little breasts, firm and very soft, his hands slid under the bra, savoring the warm softness of the flesh, exciting the hard little tip, making her shiver with new sensations. She hadn't done this before. He knew it without being told. He smiled against her mouth. It was exciting, he knew, to be the first man. He never had been. Not that there had been, ever been that many women that he'd been almost intimate with in recent years. Nobody like when he'd never indulged in casual sex. He was as innocent in his way as she was. But well, he knew a little more than she did. When he touched his mouth to her breast, she lifted toward his lips with a sharp. Shout- little gasp. He smiled at his mouth open, taking the hard tip inside and pulling it at gently with his tongue. Her nails bit into the muscles of his arms as he removed his jacket and tie and shirt. fought so badly to be closer closer? she no air on her skin, and then the hard-worn press of hair and muscle as they locked together, both bare from the waist up. His mouth was insistent now, hungry, demanding, the girl's hand slid up the bare thigh, and she knew that very soon they would reach a point from which there was no return. No, she whispered which must Rick Rick He heard her voice through a blooded red haze of desire that locked his muscles so tightly that he could barely move from the tension. Was it saying she was saying something, what it sounded like, no. He lifted his head, he looked into wide, uneasy green eyes, he felt her body tense, shivering. I'm sorry, hey, she began. He blinked once, twice, he drew a breath that sounded as ragged as a Good Lord. He exhaled. She swallowed. They were very intimate. Neither of them had anything on above the waist. His hand was still on her thigh. He hurriedly quickly and lifted up just a little, his eye cheekbone flushing when he got a sudden start on the ripped view of her pretty pink breasts with tight little dusky pink tips, very urgently stated the desire of the owner for much more than looking embarrassed. She drew her hands up over them as he leveled himself once up. I'm sorry, he said, averting his eyes. why you she bummer dresser? Right I didn't mean to of course not. She's never needed to die. It's all right. He laughed. His body felt if he'd been hit with a bat several times strategic places, and he ate for medicine. Sure it is. Oh, I'm sorry. She grown She wasn't experienced, but she had friends who were. She knew what was wrong with him. Here, just a second. She went to the kitchen and came back with a cold for thing. Detective Rogers comes over from time to time, and she likes this brand of light beer. She's like, I don't drink, but I think people need to sometimes. You need to a little. He gave her an exasperated sigh. When I'm a police detective sergeant, yes, I know. I can't drink and drive. She stared at him with a beer. Oh! He burst out laughing, broke the ice, and slowly began to feel normal again. She looked around him. His jacket and shirt tie and her shoes and holster and his holster and pistol were lying in a heap beside the sofa. His gaze followed her. She like the foil. Well. <laughs> yeah, so well. She looked at the can of beer, laughed and set it down. Her glasses were where she tossed them on the end of the table, but she didn't put them on. She didn't want to see his expression. She was already embarrassed. He put his shirt and side back on and slipped into his jacket before he replaced the holster pistol on his hip. At least you don't object to the gun, She <laughs> shook. Sure. I usually have a good carry in my purse, she confessed as I was like, No April holster? <laughs> yeah, she made a face. It down my leg too much, she nodded. He looked at her in a different way now. Possessively, hungrily, he moved forward, but he only took her over face in his hands searched her eyes very close up from now on he said gently yeah, we say goodnight at the door right he was sent out a relationship from now on he said isn't not for sure there aren't that many women running around loose you believe belong to the victorian era don't mind firearms and like to watch the mingo they sense just why I was going to say, say the same about you. Well, you're not a woman, of course, of course. He be- kissed her very softly. Lifted its head, His large brown eyes narrowed. If Hollis puts another rose on your desk, I'm going to deck him, and I don't care if he fires me. faith <laughs> you can't read it. Really? Really? He's built on your mind. <laughs> she flushed. She lowered her eyes to his strong neck. And her pulse beat very strongly. He nodded. He held her close, rocked her in his arms, you a long breath, finally let her go. He smiled. After we get through talking with General Monday, I'm going to take you to meet my mother. You are? You'll love her. She'll love you too. He promised. He lands there watching us. I have to get going. I'll pick you up here at 6 a.m. sharp, okay? I can drive to the office. I'll pick you up here. She smiled. Her eyes were back with us. Those- okay. Walk the door after me. I will. I will. I will. I will. I enjoy the flamingo. So did I. I know another Latin dance club over there on the west side the town. We'll go there next time. You like Mexican food? Love it. there's just pretty hot No worries. I don't have any taste buds left. I eat jalapenos raw. She had a My kind of girl. Chicken. I noticed. She laughed. Kissed her hair and walked out the door. After he climbed back into the pickup truck, he paused and waited until she was safely in her apartment before he drove off. She didn't sleep that night, not a wink. She was too excited, exhilarated, and hungry. Passionately, really in love for the first time in her life. Rick was somber and nervous Monday morning when he picked Gwen up for the drive to the border. It had turned cold again, and she was wearing a sweater, thick jeans, with jacket and boots. Summer yesterday, winter today. She marked adjusting her seatbelt. "That's Texas," he said fondly. your is going to meet us at the border station." "Yes," he said. "He and Gracie." Her eyebrows "Mrs. Pendleton is coming too. Isn't that dangerous?" "We're not going over the border," he reminded her. "It's up to it." "Oh, okay," he glanced at her. More memories of the night before. Still in his dark eyes, she was lovely. thought. pretty and smart, and good with a gun. She felt his eyes, but she didn't meet, though. She was nervous, too. She were, she she worried about how he might feel when he learned the truth about her own background. She was still keeping secrets. She hoped he wouldn't feel differently when he learned them. But right now, the biggest secret of all was about to be revealed to a man who had no parent family and seemed to be contacted. Content with the situation, when we wondered how the general would feel when he was introduced to a son he didn't even know existed. They pulled up to the small border station, which wasn't much more than an adobe building beside the, the road, next to a crossarm that was denoted as the Mexican-American border with appropriate warning signs. A tall, sandy airman man came out to meet them. He introduced himself as the Border Patrol agent in charge, Don Billings, and indicated a Lincoln Town Car sitting just a little distance away. He motioned. The car pulled up, stopped, and Rodrigo Ramirez got out. Going around opened the door for his sister-in-law, Gracie Pendleton. He came forward and introduced them. Introductions were made. Gracie was blonde and pretty and very pregnant. The general is going to be surprised when he sees me. She says, we are in. I didn't mention my interesting condition. Jason and I just the moon. Is it a boy or a girl? One to know. We didn't let them tell. And she said, we wanted it to be a surprise. So I bought everything yellow instead of pink or blue. I'd like to be surprised too. If I ever have a baby. Her eyes were dreaming. I'd love to have a big family. Rick was watching her and his heart was pounding. He'd like a big family too. Her family later strapped memories of last night were causing him some difficulty in intimate places. He out of sports until he calmed down a little bit. He should be here very soon, the mayor said. Even as he spoke, the pickup truck came along with the dusty road from across the border, stopped, and was way through by the border agent. The truck stopped, two doors opened. Winslow Grange, wearing one of the very new high-tech camouflage patterned suits with an automatic pistol strapped to his hip, Came forward. Right beside him was a tall, elegant looking Hispanic man with thick, wavy black hair and a large black eyes and square face with chiseled lips and a pink grin for Gracie. Oh, baby, he answers. How wonderful. He laughed, taking his house with him. Jason, I think so too. How have you been? Very busy, he said in the We're planning a surprise party. He wiggled his eyebrows and put it. I'm sorry that I can't say more. So am I. The Border Patrolman chuckled. Gwen came forward, her eyes curious and welcoming at the same time. You and I haven't met, but I think you've heard of me. She said gently. She held out her hand. I'm Gwendolyn Cassoway, CIA. He shook her hand warmly and raised it to his lips. glanced at the man who was a tall young man with long black hair, a ponytail and an oddly familiar face. The boyfriend, he yes, asked, looked in an eyebrow at the reaction the young man gave when he kissed his hand. Ah, uh, well, I mean, see the mm-hmm. This is Detective Sergeant Ricardo Marquise, San Antonio Police Department. You know, Amelia Markinall looking at the young man in their own time. Marquise? Yes? Markinall was good. You look familiar, somehow. Do I know you? <laughs> he studied drugs. What? No. But my birth mother was Dolores Ortiz. She was from Sonora. I was like her. Markino you know, stared at him at the She lived in Sonora in a little village called Dolorito. I knew her once. She married a man named Jackson. He had a clue. My stepfather, Rick, said, cool. I heard about your late stepfather. He was a beautiful man. Rick, like Machino already. Yes, I have the scars to prove it. He added a quiet during a long breath. Looked around him. This is a very unusual place to meet with the Federal Indians, and I feel that I am being set up. Not at all, the replied, but we do have something to tell you, something that might be upsetting. Nobody spoke. <laughs> there were somber grims. Grim faces all around. You bought the firing squad, Makano mused, looking for one together. Will you lure me here to arrest me for kidnapping Gracie? None of the above, Quince said quietly. She took a deep breath. This was a very unpleasant chore she'd been given. We were doing a routine background check on you for our files, and we came across your relationship with Dolores Ortiz. She gave birth to a child at of down in Sonora 31 years ago, Makano was doing a quick knack in his head. He looked at Rick poignantly slowly-growing comprehension. The man had looked familiar. Was it possible? He moved a step closer. cut said, as he studied the somber-faced young man. You know, ah, now I see. You know that I have spies in my country who are even now planting the seed of revolution. You know that I have an army and that I am almost certain to retake the government of your area. So you are searching for ways to integrate yourself with me, excuse me, with my oil and national gas reserves as well as my very strategic location on South America. You produce a candidate for my son and think that I will appreciate your word that he is who he says he is. I haven't said a damn thing, Rick, snap back. I sleep. Mark and I said, Oh, God, I'll shut up. You deny that conclusion. Rick glared at him. You think I'm thrilled to be lined up as the little 2 son of some exiled South American dictator? Mark just stared at him for a minute and he burst out like, Rick, went home from beside him. I was perfectly content to think my father was in a grave somewhere in Mexico. Virginia, and then she showed up with this story. He pointed at point. She raised her hand. Cash guard "Told your mother she reminded I had nothing to do with telling her." All right, my mother told me. You your mother is dead, Macano said. "Barry, Barbara Ferguson, Jacobson adopted me when my mother and stepfather were killed in an auto accident. She runs the cafe there." Macano didn't speak. He never considered the possibility that Dolores would be. Come pregnant. They'd been very close until her parents discovered them one night in an outbuilding, and her father threatened to kill O if he ever saw him. saw him again. He'd gone to work for a big land, landowner soon afterward and moved to another village. He hadn't seen Dolores again. Could she have been pregnant? They'd done nothing to prevent a child, but he'd only been 14. He could have fathered a son at that age, surely. In fact, he'd never followed another child in a year since, and he had been coaxed into trying at least once. It ended in a total failure. It hurt his, hurt his pride, hurt his ego, made him uncertain about his manhood. He had thought since then that he must be sterile, but here was, if he could believe the statement, proof of his virility. Could this really be his son? He moved forward a step. Yes, the man had his eyes. He had Dolores's perfect teeth as well. He was tall and perfectly built as Marcona was. His hair was long and black and straight. That the natural waves that were mocking but then Dolores had long black hair that was smooth as silk and thick and straight. You think I would take your word for something this important, even with Gracie's help? He yes, asked Hey, I didn't come here to convince you of anything, except because of she, he indicated Gwen. Got him. He nodded at Ramirez to call her. He pointed toward Gracie to have you meet us here. I got pulled into this because some feds think you'll listen to me, even if you won't listen to them. Of course, they haven't decided what to have me tell you just yet. I presume that's in the works, and will let me know when they can arrange, agree on what date it is. Oh, can I cannot listen to him. Bruce slips and love. Sounds exactly like government policy to me, and I should know I was head of a government once, the eyes near the little and I will be once again. I believe you wanted. But for now, Mark and I continue studying me, whatever evidence exists that you really are my son? Then had better be good.